Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway talks about the Psalms of Ascent, which are Psalms 120 through 134. We look at Psalm 124 this week and how it talks about God being our help. Dallas challenges us to consider if we are really applying our faith in every area of our lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, guys. I'm back. This is very weird. Oh, no, I got, I got it. You, thank you, Nene. Um, yeah, so it's been, like, since the beginning of summer that I've taught, which is really weird. I'm super nervous. My tummy is bubbling because uh, I just drank a Chunky, if you remember that from last week. Just kidding. Um, so as we were singing those songs, um, I was reminded of a couple things. Uh, one is just, like, the power of music, right? Like, some of those songs hopefully will stick in your head, and there's um, something super powerful about that that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, maybe part of the power of music was just that, that it reminded me of um, the, the tragic things that have been happening this weekend. And maybe some of you guys know, maybe a few of you don't, but there was um, really two mass shootings that happened this weekend. One was in El Paso, and I, I don't know all the details, but I do know that around 20 people um, were, were killed in El Paso, Texas. And then last night there was uh, another shooting in Ohio where I think around 16 people were, were killed, were shot and killed. And so I know there's, uh, it's always hard to talk about those things, right? But let's just take a second and just you and God and just, just pray, for, pray for the families. Um, pray for, just pray for the whole situation, whatever kind of comes to your mind. Just take a second and in, in your own heart, just talk to God about that and lift up those, those situations, right? Father, it's never, um, it's never easy to talk about tragedies like this or, or hear about them, um, God, but they, they happen more often than we would like to admit. Our sins are, are indeed many, and our sins result in spiritual death that separates us from you, and God, unfortunately, our, our sins can often result in, in physical death and and even somebody else's sins could, can cause another person's death, their life to be ended too, too short. God, we don't understand it. We don't have all the answers to why you let those things happen. <clears throat> but we want to say that as best as we can, that, that we trust you. Whether it's a tragedy that's somewhat far away from us like these, or if it's something in our own lives something that we just don't understand why you would let it happen. We, we just want to say that we trust you. God, we pray for all of the families involved, that they would have space to mourn, to cry, to, to deal with the loss of loved ones. God, we pray that they would, at the same time, though, experience your peace and your comfort. And then in some way, shape, or form, God, you would be, you would be glorified in these tragic situations. Help us to know, even here in South Carolina, how to, how to deal with things like this and how to, to move forward trusting you, trusting that you still hold the world in your hands. We love you, Father. We pray these in your son's sweet name. Amen. <clears throat> um, I've never, obviously, personally experienced anything like that, but like, if, if you guys have or 
or maybe something like that in, in your own life. Maybe, it's, maybe you're connected through family to some of the tragedies that have happened around, uh, around the world or around America. Like, just know that we're, we're here for you when you guys need to, need to talk. And, um, and maybe it's even something that you're like, I don't know like, why I'm struggling with it so much. It probably seems like a small thing in comparison to some of the big stuff. But everybody... Everybody has their own things going, going on in their lives, and nothing is, is too small uh, or too big for, for you to be open and honest and for us to help you process. So know that we're here for you as staff, but also that your small group leaders are here for you um, through all that, all right? So uh, the, the music this morning, though, reminded me of, about that, specifically the second song, um, but music just in general is, is super powerful, right? I mean, have you guys ever, ever thought about that? I'm not a super musically gifted person. Um, when I was in high school, they had the, like, you could take a guitar class and you could learn to play guitar. So I made my parents buy me, like, you know, a $100 guitar, which is not very expensive. Uh, and I took that class because I was like, it'll be easy and it'll kind of be fun, right? So I learned how to play, like, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and some different things like that. Uh, and now I know chords, and I like had this big dream of, hey, one day I'll be able to actually play guitar, but that didn't really happen, right? Because uh, you don't see me up here. So my dreams are shattered when it comes to music. Uh, but music in general is just like really powerful. I mean, it helps us memorize things, right? Like one, one of the reasons that I know uh, at least the books of the New Testament in order, right, is because of that old song that we used to sing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. <laughs> Does anybody remember that song? I actually sang it in uh, Shelby's mom's classroom when I was helping lead it with little kids. So there's songs like that. There's the ABCs. Like I'm trying to teach my son the ABCs, right? Me and my wife. Probably more my wife than me. And there's like everybody knows the basic ABCs song, right? But then Sesame Street goes like above and beyond and makes like ABCs raps and like Elmo just like pointing at things like A for anger, right? Probably not anger on Sesame Street, but but like happier things, right? There's all these different variants. There's literally, there's a YouTube video that's like a compilation of the Sesame Street ABC's songs, right? So for some reason, <laughs> sometimes if, if I'm not quite awake, but my wife is awake, she'll put my son Owen in our bed and he'll say, Elmo. And so we'll put like the computer in the bed and, and Owen's just watching Elmo and I'm just asleep there. And so in this like weird foggy sleep state, I just hear Sesame Street ABC songs going and I'm like, <laughs> how, did the, how did I get here, right? Uh, it's torturous and amazing because he's learning. But they, so songs help us memorize things, right? Psalms, uh, Psalms, songs uh, put us back in places, like they take our memory to certain things. Like maybe, have you ever had this experience where a song comes on that you haven't heard in a really long time? Like maybe on the radio or on a playlist or at a, at a friend's party or whatever. And, and immediately you're like transported and you're like, whoa, this out-of-body experience, right? Uh, for some reason for me, there's songs that, that remind me of video games that I've played in the past, okay? Because I'm <laughs> a gamer. Um, and so they, songs help you memorize things. They, they do memories, right? They, they put things into our heart. There's, there's all kinds of things that songs are really, like, incredibly powerful for, even in a spiritual sense. Like, there's something that happens uh, in my heart with certain songs where it just reminds me of how awesome and faithful God is, right? 
And maybe for you, the same thing. Like, I can, I can sometimes see some of you, like, especially if it's a new song or whatever, not saying that this just happened, but maybe. But you're like, okay, I'm kind of digging this song, right? Like, when we're doing it in worship. But then if it's a song, like, you know and love, like, you're on top of the chair and your hands are touching the lights and the ceiling and, like, just crazy different things are happening because that song means so much more for you. And maybe in your life experience and your walk with, with God, that song's been, like, like a drum beat kind of thing, right? Songs, songs get stuck in our head throughout the week, and we can't get them out. Like, uh, got the horses in the back, right? Old, little Old Town Road. That's probably one of the most common songs that gets stuck in my head lately. Um, so the songs are, are super-duper powerful, and the Bible doesn't ignore that, right? In fact, there's, there's a whole book of the Bible that is all songs. Did you know that? Do you know what book it is? The book of... Oh, oh, wow, the book of Psalms, right? Yeah, well, you little cheaters, now I know. I'll tell your teachers, watch out for Annabelle, uh, which, well, never mind. That's a whole different subject. Okay, so, yes, the book of Psalms is 150 songs, okay? Try to say songs, psalms, songs, psalms, like just over and over again. It's very difficult. Yeah, you've all already failed, okay? Uh, so get on the failed it side, I guess. But... So it's the, the book of Psalms is, is a bunch of songs, right? 150 of them. And these are songs that the, that the ancient Hebrews, that the Israelites, God's people, you know, like Hebrews, uh, Israelites, so you can kind of use those interchangeably. Um, but they, they're songs that they would have sung in a lot of different circumstances. And not just are songs found in the book of Psalms, you see how difficult this is, but they're found throughout the Bible. Like, you'll actually see it formatted a little bit differently if you're, like, in one of the, I don't know, one of the Gospels or whatever, right? It'll, uh, the song, they'll, they'll uh, quote a song, and it'll kind of get formatted differently. So they're all throughout the Bible, but where we're going to be for the next two weeks is, um, is looking at, at two Psalms that are actually part of a certain section of that book, all right? So the book of Psalms, there's 150 of them, and to make it a little more, like, palatable, readable, I guess, they're broken in, not exactly for that reason, but they're broken into different sections. And Psalms 120 to 134 are known as the Psalms of Ascent. What does it mean to, to ascend, or what does it mean to make an ascent? What does that mean? I've already did it. Go get out, Leo. Leo, there's one, two, three, four doors right here. There's a fifth one. <laughs> what does it actually mean? It doesn't mean to go down. It means to go up. Very good. So the Psalms or songs of ascent, okay, you could, you could use either word there too. They were, they were songs that actually were, were sung while Hebrews were ascending. Now, I don't think necessarily that was the original intent, but there's this kind of cool thing that, uh, that the ancient Hebrews used to do, and they actually don't do it anymore, interestingly enough, but uh, everybody in the surrounding area, in, in like Palestine, anybody who's close by to Jerusalem, or I mean, could be even pretty far away, but three times a year, they had some major festivals or, or feasts that they, that they celebrated, and they would make a trek up to Jerusalem. Why did they have to go up to Jerusalem? Because it was like at the, the highest or, or one of the highest points in all of Palestine. We've actually got a picture of kind of what ancient Jerusalem may have looked like. This was, uh, you know, obviously taken on an iPhone 10 at the time. 
but just kidding. It's a drawing. And so you can kind of see, it's, it's a little bit difficult, but you can kind of see in the distance how it drops off and kind of starts to slope down. And then at the, the front here especially, you can kind of see the different little uh, plots of land, but they're kind of going down. And so they would, they would come for these different uh, feasts or festivals. Here's actually kind of, we're getting a little, uh, little historical here, but put up the, the different feasts. They would come three times a year. Probably these are some things that you're familiar with, but maybe you didn't really know this is what was happening, right? So the Feast of Passover, which was in the spring, so they would make their way up to Jerusalem, these families. Uh, the Feast of Pentecost was in early summer. So they'd come in the spring and then go back home. They'd come in the early summer and then go back home. And then they had the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, so they would come back. Maybe it was a little bit nicer weather. Uh, their, their spring, summer, and fall are not quite like ours, but... Because uh, it's a different part of the world. But every time they would have to, to go up, right? And their, their playlist, like, now they didn't have Spotify or Apple Music, right? But, but their kind of playlist for the journey, some of the most common songs that they would sing on their way, because, I mean, some of them had to walk quite a, quite a while to get to Jerusalem, uh, were Psalms 120 through 134. And part of the reason they did this was because all 15 of those Psalms are focusing on the Lord. So why are, why are they called the Psalms of, of Ascent? Because, well, they were physically making their way up to Jerusalem, and this, these were some of the most common Psalms that they sang. But they're also the Psalms of Ascent metaphorically because they're reminders of, hey, in every situation in life, which these 15 cover different situations in life and show us how God works in those. Celebrate, but also, like, just you know, kind of, kind of focus or uh, just make you think about the different situation, right? And how, how does God impact that? What, where is God at work in those things? So they, they all make you actually like focus your eyes and focus your heart, whether you're actually walking up a hill or not. Whenever you're singing that song, it's a reminder, oh yeah, God's still in control. Oh yeah, God is the one who brought me through that. Oh yeah, God is awesome. Like God is the one who gives me joy. They were all songs that remind you of who God is, right? So for the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at just two of these 15 psalms. And spoiler alert, I'm, I'm kind of pulling some of this content from uh, this book, all right? So there's actually a picture of this book that you can uh, look at on the screen. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. It's by a guy named Eugene Peterson. And he, he, it's basically just like a 15, 16 chapter book. And it talks about each one of these psalms. And really, the chapters are only a couple pages long. So if you are looking for something uh, new or different to read, uh, you can go ahead and do that. So part of what these, these psalms do is they really do make you think about every situation in life and how does my faith, how does my relationship with God actually apply there? So as, as we get into this, uh, this two-week series, here's kind of a question I want you to ask just like series-wide, right? Is do you believe that your faith applies to all of life? Yes, that's a very quick yes, right? So if you decide to read through these 15 Psalms, you'll see that it's talking about different things. Like uh, today, we're going to look at how God is our help. But it also talks about, you know, how, how God, uh, how he caused us to serve. It talks about how God gives us joy. Like it talks about all these different things within these 15 songs. And the question that keeps popping up in my mind is like something that I've seen friends struggle with, something that I've seen you guys struggle with is, do, do you really believe and have you taken time to think about, just like these Hebrews would have done as they're singing each of these songs, 
how does your faith, how does your relationship with God really apply to all of life? Because it does. So do you believe that, and have you, then have you taken time to do it? Because really, like God, God really has something to say about everything. Like He has something to say about how you play your sport. He has something to say about how we, we deal with tragedies, like the ones that we hear about on the news this weekend. He has something to say about, you know, how you play your video games. He has something to say about your relationships. He has something to say about how you approach school. He has something to say about everything in our lives. But sometimes, here's where I, I see this, like, at its worst, is that sometimes we, we only take what we hear on Sunday mornings, and, and maybe that's just not enough. And and when we get into our actual real life, we're like, well, well, God, yeah, God's got something to say at church. But I don't really think that applies to the rest of my life. So what's the point? And people walk away. They decide that God doesn't really impact anything except for what happens on Sunday morning. And because of that, it might, must not make much of a difference. And truthfully, if that's all that God did, if it was only about Sunday mornings, then it, that's fine. Give it up. But it's not. God wants all of you, he wants all of me, and he has something to say about every bit of our lives. Now, it might not exactly be like, hey, here's how you win Fortnite, right? Like, it's not, it may not be exactly what you're thinking, right? But if you, I think if you stick with us long enough into this year, you'll see that God really does have things to say about your life in every area of it, all right? So turn in your Bibles or scroll in your digital Bibles to Psalm 124. We're going to open up this first of the two Psalms over the next couple weeks. And we're going to just kind of dig into it for a few minutes, wrap it up, and then we'll have some discussion questions, all right? So Psalm 124, starting in verse 1. And you'll notice all of these Psalms, especially if you're looking in your like physical Bible, maybe it does it on the digital too, but it literally says a song of ascents of David, right? And just a little more like so that you guys know and understand. So the book of Psalms was actually written by a bunch of different people. Some of it was written by David, some of it was written by Solomon, some of it was written by Moses, uh, and, and a bunch of other people. Some of the people, we're not even sure who wrote it, which is kind of interesting, right? But you got to think, these psalms were literally written like thousands and thousands of years ago, right? These are, this is old stuff that you're holding in your, in your hand, right, or on your screen. So, a, a song of a sense of David. So, we do know, or it's, uh, for the most part, most people agree that this one was written by David, Okay or at least put together by him. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say now, or now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. We'll break this down in just a second, all right? Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth, we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, right? So pretty, pretty short, pretty sweet. Uh, I'm not quite sure how you would make a beat to that, right? As you think about, so this is a song that they would have sung, like, on a road trip, right? Like, this is part of their playlist. Lame. Like, <laughs> that's not what I'm listening to in the car, right? Actually, if, if you start reading through the book of Psalms, though, you'll start to see, like, Oh my goodness, that's like a direct line from my favorite song, right? You'll, you'll pick up on that at some points. But I don't know that I've heard a song from Psalm 124. So let's kind of jump into it and start to break it down. 
But remember that this is like the playlist as they're ascending to Jerusalem and a playlist for their life as they're thinking about who God is at different moments, right? So verses 1 and 2, if it had not been the Lord who is on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side uh, when the people rose up against us, right? So this is obviously repeating itself, right? So repetition is typically important. I kind of think that repetition in this uh, instance, though, is it's kind of like... Um, have you ever had a camp song where, like, part of the song is actually like, all right, everybody say this now. Have you, have you like, ever heard a camp song like that? You're like, no, I don't want to hear it, right? But there, there are some songs where literally part of the song is like, all right, everybody sing this, right? And in some ways, I kind of think that that's a little bit of what they're doing here. But they're also, they're also the repetition is important because it's saying from the very beginning, hey, what we're talking about, it's all, be, it's all because of God. If it hadn't have been for God, hey, let all the people say, right? If it hadn't have been for God. And what they're, what they're talking about here, and we're going to keep digging into it a little bit more, and hopefully you've seen, but if it hadn't have been for God, basically, we wouldn't be here. If it hadn't have been for God, we wouldn't have made it out. If it hadn't have been for God, we wouldn't, you know, certainly have the things we have, experiencing the community that we had. If, we hadn't, if it hadn't have been for God, none of this really would would matter and none of us would, would be here. So right from the beginning, they're saying, hey, it's all, it's all about him. It always has been. If it hadn't been for him, we wouldn't even be making this journey and singing this song and listening to this playlist together, right? Verse 3, uh, part of verse 2, too. When, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging water. So if it hadn't have been for God, what? If it hadn't have been for God, they would have swallowed us alive. Our enemies would have destroyed this. Remember, if this was written by David, part of David's leadership as a king meant that there were going to be like a lot of battles, right? That they had to fight for uh, in order to protect themselves and in order to take more ground, right? Like, so think military. So some of this maybe has to do with that. Like, hey, if it hadn't have been for God, we wouldn't have won those battles. But this doesn't necessarily have to be only about battles. It could be about kind of whatever life situation where it feels like all the enemies are, are coming at you. Like if it hadn't have been for God, all the, insert your life situation, it, it could literally be like if it hadn't have been for God, all the bullies would have swallowed me. If it hadn't have been for God, all my anxieties and all my fears and all the, all the things that are going on in, in my brain, they would have already taken me over. They don't just talk about enemies swallowing, though. He, he talks about water, right? And in that area of the world, if rain gets really bad, it can very quickly turn into a flood. And so this is something that while we might not be familiar with, because we don't have a bunch of floods, right? Unless like you just keep flushing the toilet and then it overflows in your house, right? That's a big deal. But while we don't have any floods, this would have been very relatable to them. And and again, it's saying, hey, if it wasn't for God, this water would have already taken us over by now. So while we can't necessarily relate to the battles or to the water, this is very much applicable for us in our own lives, that whatever it is that you feel like sometimes overwhelms you, and I know that you've been overwhelmed at times by things at school, by things at home, by things in your friendships or maybe in your ex-friendships, right? Right? Like there's things and there's times in our lives where it feels like all the enemies are coming in. 
or the water is getting right about to my neck. But now, maybe you can say, just like they did, hey, if it wasn't for God, if it hadn't have been for God, and if it hadn't have been for the God who is on our side, we wouldn't have made it out. But we did. Verse 6, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. So two more pictures here, right? Actually, in another translation of the Bible, it kind of gives this interesting picture of a rabbit surrounded by, it says dogs, but probably more think wolves, right? I mean, imagine that. Imagine being that little rabbit. Guys, I I don't know if I told anybody this, but I kind of love bunnies. I would never, like, want to have one, okay? But there's these bunnies that will hop around in our backyard, and I get so excited when we see them. Like, my my wife would be like, Dallas, there's a bunny, and I just (laughs) run over to the window, right? Like, I get so excited when I see the bunnies. I knew. I knew this was relatable, guys. But So when the bunnies come, but imagine being that cute, soft, fluffy rabbit, right? Surrounded by wolves, okay, that are super hungry, they haven't eaten in a while, and there's no, there's literally, there's no getting out, okay? That rabbit is about to turn into a chunky real quick, okay? That's a throwback to our game. We blended a bunch of stuff, and it was not a smoothie. It was a chunky. I'm giving, I'm getting real graphic. So, but that picture, there's no way out. The, the other picture here in these couple verses is a bird caught in a trap, right? The bird's caught. There's no getting out. There, there's, there's hunters here. What, what do they call them? They call them something weird. Uh, the snare of the fowlers, all right? This is like somebody who, who is a bird hunter. The bird's trapped. There's no getting out. And I don't know if you've ever, ever felt like that. There's been a few times in my life where I would say that's true, where it's like the weight of, of everything is, is crushing down on me. And I don't know how I'm going to get through this, Right? I can remember in middle school when my, my parents thought that we were going to lose our house. Like, it seemed inevitable. Like, there's no way we can make these payments. Guys, we're probably going to have to move in about a month or two. Like, and just, like, tears, instant tears, right? I've told you guys this story. Some of you have heard it before. But it felt like there's no way out. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that in, in your own life. But I, I know, at least from, from my experience in, in that moment, there was no way out until God made a way. If it wasn't for the Lord, we wouldn't have made it any other way. Little rabbit escapes. Somehow the bird escapes and is free. Even though the the hunters were coming for him, God God made a way. Maybe here's, here's one of the hardest things is before we even started this message, we prayed for a situation where it appears that God didn't make a way. Where 30-something people lost their lives. What do we do with that? I think that's a fair question. I think that's one of the questions that we have to wrestle with in our own hearts. And I think in the end, it kind of comes down to this. Either we believe that God is God and he's in control and he does know what he's doing and he does know why he's allowing these things to happen. Or he's not God and he doesn't know what he's doing and we can't trust him. And just from my, my personal experience and from the writings in the scriptures, I can't help but, but stick to the belief that God is trustworthy, that God is faithful. Because I've seen him make a way in my own life when I was that trapped little rabbit. And I've seen him make a way in, in the lives of other people around me. 
And we can open up the scriptures and read about it over and over and over again and see that he really is faithful. So I don't have all the answers to why. Well, doesn't it seem like those people didn't make it out? Yeah, it kind of does. Although, we, we do know, like, let, let's read this last verse and then we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Verse 8, our help, if you, didn't, if you didn't get it from the very beginning, right? Our, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. No matter what happens in our lives, no matter what pressures, no matter what enemies, no matter what circumstance you feel like you're about to step into as you move into a new school or, or whatever's happening in your family where maybe going home is one of the hardest places for you to be, God is on your side. He is your help. The one, in case, in case you're wondering, in case there's any confusion, the God who made heaven and earth is the one who's on your side. The one who put everything together and holds it all in place and is fully in control, who literally spoke everything into existence. Yeah. Superpower thing, he's, he's got that down, right? Like that question we asked beforehand. I mean, that God is on your side. That God is your help. The help for ancient Israel and the help for his people, for his church today. So how... How do, we, how do we, like, really know that? I, I think the biggest, like, place that we now get to look back to, and, and the Hebrews didn't have this luxury, right, was the ultimate symbol of help, that is the cross. We, we now get that, right? So no matter what, what we're going through, like, we, we can look back to the cross and know that that's the place. We, we sang about our sins being many, but his mercy being greater, his mercy being more, Right? And we get to see that by looking to the cross. So in the midst of, of all the tragedies, in the midst of the personal things that you're going through, where, where do you look? You can certainly look to the scriptures. You can look back to your own life and see the places where God has shown himself to be faithful over and over again. But you can also look to the greatest symbol of love and help that this world has ever seen. Where Jesus makes a way for the greatest tragedy, the greatest issue, the greatest plague that mankind has ever known, sin. He made a way for that to be dealt with so that we might have real and right relationship with God. So that right now, that whether it's Psalm 124 or Psalm 125, whatever the topics are, whatever the life situation is in your life, that God would be able to speak into that, that he would have something to say about every bit of your life. So again, do, do you believe that your, that your faith actually applies, that your relationship with God applies to all of life? The ancient Israelites did. They sang about it. So maybe, maybe it might be beneficial for you to open up your, your Bible and see what they sang and to remember your own life and to see where God has shown up and to know that, that he is for you. In every season, especially when you need help. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for being the God whose very name is our help. You are the one who created everything. We affirm that. We believe that. God, help us to believe that even in the toughest of circumstances, you, you are our help. We don't have to look to ourselves. We don't have to look to other people in hopes that they'll be a little bit stronger. But we can look to the strongest being of all look to you. We thank you for that, Lord. 
We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.